I'm so excited to share something about that's related to personal evangelism. And I want to call, uh, I have titled my message like this, Be Contagious. Don't be scared. I'm not speaking about Corona. I'm speaking about being, you and I are called to be contagious for Jesus. Amen. You know, when I was meditating and praying for this service, I was asking the Lord, you know, how do I start? You know, and God gave me a vision. And I, I just want to start with that vision. And in this vision, as I was praying, the Lord showed me the whole world being filled with a dark cloud. I'm like, God, what is it? And God spoke to me this, this dark cloud, you can picture it like, the, I mean, it, it's a kind of fear. It's a kind of confusion. When you look at the world right now, it's very true that we go through a lot of fear and confusion, right? But in this vision, God also showed me Though there is a lot of darkness, though, though, though there is a lot of cloud of, you know, dark atmosphere around the world, I could see some burning lights. Wow. I could see some burning lights. And I asked the Lord, what is that? And the Lord told me, you are that burning light. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, let me tell you at the first, it's a, I'm an excited preacher because I'm an evangelist. I'm a missionary. I get excited when the Lord moves. Amen. So I want you to be excited too in this morning. See, let me tell you, we are the light of the world. God has called you to be the light. God has called you to be contagious in this season because Jesus, the hope of glory is in us. I spoke about this fear and confusion. Do you know that fear is an emotion? Do you agree with me? We all have fear. I fear a lot of things. I don't want to share that here. <laughs> but let me tell you, there's something called rational fear. Or spiritually, I, I would call it the spirit of fear. Let me tell you again, the emotion called fear is normal. But the, the spirit of fear is not normal. Right now, what we see around the world is not just fear. Don't say that it's just fear. It's a spirit of fear. I believe vaccinations cannot cure that spirit of fear. It's the Holy Spirit that can change. It's the Holy Spirit that can change, that can bring healing. And let me tell you, we are the living, we are those people who carry Jesus inside us. We are those who carry the Jesus, the hope of glory in us. So this is our season. Amen. This is our season. How many of you agree with me? This is my season. When we see a lot of disturbances around us, let me tell you, when the whole world is going through disturbance, that's the time God is about to do something new. You can read it from the Bible in the book of Genesis, when the, world, the whole world was going behind sin and everything, then you see a man called Noah who comes with a new plan. He comes with a new design. And I'm like, Noah, what are you doing? He would say, this is something new. 
Let me tell you, let me tell you this prophetic word. God wants to give this word to the church today. I am about to do something new. Hallelujah. Church, we need to be get excited because God, Jesus, the hope of glory is in us and he is about to do something new in our life. We are the walking temple and we are the moving tabernacle. You know, in Arise India last week, we were sharing about, uh, from the book of 1 Corinthians, you know, it says about chapter 3, it says, we are the living temple of God. Isn't it amazing? You know, we all love to come to the church. We all love to have fellowship like this. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's real. I know that the presence of God is here. I know God's, you know, you know it, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. But today you need to know this truth that you are the temple of God. You are the walking, you are the moving tabernacle. You are the walking temple of God. That means the presence of God that you can experience here is inside you. Sometimes we forget the fact that we are the temple of God, right? Sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm so dry. Uh, you know, uh, you know I, I'm so empty. I've seen people telling me, brother, I'm so empty. Let me tell you, if you have encountered Jesus in your life, the day you encountered Jesus in your life, you are not empty. You are an overflowing vessel. Amen. Because Jesus is not an empty person. He is an overflowing river. The moment you accept Jesus, the moment, you, the moment Jesus comes into your life, you become an overflowing river. Were. Yes, amen. And I believe like this, because I carry Jesus in me, because I am the moving temple, there is a need for God in this hour. There is a need for God in this hour, and we are, we have to make use of it. Amen. You know, back in India on Sunday um, uh, newspapers, we see something like this. You know, there is one, one whole page, and on the whole page, it's, it's, it, it, there is a title, and the title is like, Urgently Needed, okay? Urgently Needed. So underneath, you can see a lot of columns like, Urgently Needed, uh, Nurses or Plumbers, and a lot of things, you know? Whoever who needs some urgent people, like they put the, you know, advertisements in the paper. But I, I believe this way, the heaven is giving an advertisement. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is the advertisement. I mean, there is an urgent need in heaven. Hallelujah. God needs you and me to step out in faith. He doesn't need anybody else. He needs you. He needs you. He needs you. When you take a step of faith, when you take a step of faith, let me tell you, the heaven will follow you. There is a need for God in this hour. I want to share my testimony. I, am I was born and brought up in a Christian family, and I'm so glad to be born in a Christian family. My dad is a pastor serving the Lord for more than 35 years. So when I was young, 
Uh, my dad and mom dedicated me for ministry, and later when I grew up, they kept telling me, you are called to do ministry, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I don't like that, you know. I kept telling them, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, not, not going to do that. And right from the age of 8 to 15, for about seven years, um, I went through a lot of depression. I went through a lot, a lot of trouble. There was a time that I tried to kill myself three times. I tried to commit suicide, and I tried... I was really a mess. And I still remember those days. My mom used to pray. My dad used to pray. And they kept praying even though nothing is happening. Seven years praying is not easy. How many, how many moms and dads are here? Seven year pray. It was too difficult. But thank God they kept doing that. They were faithful in what God called them to do. And they kept praying. And when I was 15 years, uh, I was after my school, like uh, it, was a, it was a youth camp. And I was in that youth camp. On the third day, I had a true encounter with Jesus face to face. Wow, it, it, it was an amazing day. If you ask me, brother, which is your I mean, best day? I know that I got married to my wife. That's the best day. But I think uh, the day I met Jesus face to face, I can never forget. I can speak about it for days and days because that's the day God changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the encounter was so special that I was a shy person. I, I never wanted to come in front. If my teacher sees this video that I'm preaching in a church, she will be scared. You know why? Because, because during my school days, you know, my teachers used to ask me to read the textbooks. And I'm like, I'm not going to read that. So what I do is that I go underneath my table. Because I was a shy person. But let me tell you, one encounter with Jesus turned my life. Wow, I don't know whether you take it or not. Let me tell you, your encounter with Jesus can transform your life. Yeah. And in the book of 1 Samuel, if I'm not wrong, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, this is what prophet Samuel speaks to, you know, King Saul. He says like this, when the Holy Spirit comes over you, you will be another how many of you have heard that verse? You will be another person. Isn't it amazing? This is what the, I mean, Samuel says, you will be another person. And let me tell you, that happened in my life. So after my encounter, I felt like something got inside me. I felt a, a fire burning in me. So, so after those encounter, you know, three days later, I'm like, I shouldn't sit like this. I have to do something. But let me tell you, I didn't have that boldness to preach the gospel. I don't know anything about it. So I thought, okay, I, get, I got some papers. I call it pamphlets. In India, we call it gospel tracts. So I asked my dad, and my dad had a lot of it, so I took it. And after my school days, I used to go around, and I used to give those tracts to people. And one day when I was praying in the evening time, the Lord told me, tomorrow you need to go to a hospital. And I'm like, okay. Let me tell you, I'm not afraid of demons, but I'm really afraid of blood. If I see blood, I'll run away. 
So I'm like, God is telling me, go to the hospital and you need to pray for people. So I'm like, okay, I will go. I started giving them these gospel tracts and offered coffee to some people. And there was a head nurse in that hospital. She came up to me and she was like, come here. Do you pray for people? I'm like, yes, I do a little bit because I don't know much. She said, there is somebody here who has been on bed for two months. Can you just come and pray for him? I'm like, okay. And I went there and I saw this man. This man was 80% burned. Man, that was really a scary sight. You know, I didn't want to look at him again. But I saw him crying in that bed. He wants a healing. And, you know, I asked his name and I understood that he was not a Christian. He was a Hindu. And he called me. He, he was just showing me his hands. And I sat near him and began to pray. Let me tell you, all, I didn't know much prayer. All I know, I mean, all I knew how to pray is God, heal him. And I, I remember him. I think I prayed 10 times, Pastor Jason. I just kept saying, Lord, heal him. Lord, heal. every time I pray, heal him, I open my eyes, nothing happened. I open my eyes, nothing happened. 10th time, I decided I will leave because nothing is happening. I left the place, but during prayer, God told me, I will do something in his life today. I left the place and I was complaining. I was asking God, why you didn't do anything? <laughs> you told me you, you will do something, but I didn't see anything. So that day is over. Next day, usually I'm so lazy in going to school. I don't know how many youngsters I hear. I was so lazy in going to school. So I woke up, but that day I was really excited. You know why? Because after my school, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to see what God did. So I, I, went, to, I went back to my school, and after the school, I took those papers. That They are always in my bag. I carry them when I go to school. I might forget my Max uh, notebook, but I will never forget my gospel tracts. That was me. So I went there, and, you know, I'm looking around. I, 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 I don't see that person. You know, the first thought that came up in my heart, can, can anybody tell that? I thought he died. <laughs> Let me tell you. That was my faith. I thought he died. I'm like, God, even though he had that burning issue, I mean, he, he, he was sick, he was in bed for two months, and I prayed and he died. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I went and asked the nurse who was over there. You know, there was somebody over there yesterday. I, t I saw him, he was sick. She looked at me and she said, he got dis discharged this morning, 11 a.m., and I'm like, how can that happen? She said, this morning when, she, when he wake up, his body is healed. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. My God, let me tell you this morning, you don't need a mountain kind of faith to do something for the Lord. All you need is a mustard faith. Hallelujah. If you have that faith today, come on, speak to your situation. Speak to your neighbor because you carry Jesus inside you. Man, if I'm excited, like, right, I mean, right now, Think about that day. I was immature. <laughs> I was jumping because I know one thing. He is in me. God wants us to go forth because we are called to go. God didn't say that, you know, 
You need to sit somewhere. You know, when, when, when Peter and Jesus, they all were on the mountain, they saw the amazing transfiguration. And Peter was so excited. He went and told Jesus, Jesus, let's be here. I've seen many Christians like that. They have like, oh, I enjoy God's presence. My body is shivery. I can feel something in my body. I am okay. I'm not going anywhere. I want more. Let me tell you, he gave you that measure of anointing, not for yourself. You are called to pour it out to somebody. Amen. Amen. When God called Abraham... God didn't tell Abraham that I'll give you a son, but God gave a promise. You know what is that promise? He said, Abraham, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Let me tell you, church, the reason why God filled you, the reason why God anointed you, the reason why God saved you is so that you will be a blessing to the nations. Hallelujah. This morning, I am prophesying to some people. I declare in the name of Jesus, you are going to be a blessing to somebody. You are going to be a blessing to your neighbor. You are going to be a blessing to your co-worker because you are chosen by God. I'm chosen to be a blessing. Amen. Do you believe that? You are chosen for a blessing. I just want to read the scripture from the book of Matthew chapter 28. Verse 18 and 20, because of lack of time, I'm going to explain the whole verse. We all know that. I'm just going to read some, uh, some bits of it. 18th verse says like this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, I want you to say that. Therefore, oh, this is how you say go. Yeah. Go! Go and make disciples. Wow. You know, before, do you know that, you know, back in India, we have this tradition. At the time of, you know, the parents when they die, sometimes the, the, the kids don't take care of them. But at the time of their death, they all come. You know why? Because the parent will tell something about his properties. That's the time he will tell, okay, give that portion to my, to my elder son. So the kids all will come and sit nearby him. Do you get me? At the time of death, because they want something from the dead. So here, Jesus is going back to his father. Okay? He is going to give the last words. And do you know what is the last word that he gave? He commissioned the disciples. He is telling, I don't want you to sit. I want you to go. Can I tell you, church, God wants us to go. Amen. Amen. So you'll be asking, Pastor, I know I'm called to go, but what to do? I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to sing. I, I, I don't know anything. You know, because it's Corona, we have a lot of limitations. I agree. Let me tell you what you need to go. I mean, what you need to do when you go. Let's read from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm just reading a portion of it. And verse 8 says like that, but you will receive power... 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be can you read that you will be my witnesses Wow what do you mean by witnesses he didn't say that you will be my preachers did he say that no this is what I learned from my personal life being a witness means sharing what God has done in your life you don't have to know from Genesis to Revelation to, to, to share what God has done in your life. Yeah. Let me tell you, me and my wife, we are ministering to the Middle East community for the past four years. It's so amazing to see how God is moving among these, you know, in, in these nations. So uh, sometimes when we go to some local people, we are not allowed to take Bible with us. We have a lot of restrictions. We have been like, you know, we face a lot of problems there. So we don't take Bible. So these families where we go, sometimes we don't know whether they are calling us to trap us or not. We are sometimes like so scared. But we make sure one thing, when we meet somebody, we don't share anything about the Bible. I'm not too religious, but I do something. I share about what Jesus did in my life. You can do that. Right? I know if I give this microphone to everyone in this house, we will keep our service for about another one week because we all have something to share about Jesus. You don't need a 10-point message to, to bring somebody into the church. All you need to do is just tell somebody, I was healed and I believe you will be healed. Come to the presence of God. Be my witness. That's why the anointing of the Holy Spirit is given over you. The anointing in you empowers you to be a witness. Amen. You know, my dad, you know, he, he, he looks a lot into Hebrew and everything. I, I still don't know how to read everything. So one day he told me, Pratyash, do you know the real meaning of that word, be my witness, means be a martyr. Be ready to die for Jesus. Oh, now somebody is telling, Pastor, I don't need that. <laughs> But let me tell you, be a witness for Jesus. He is with you. Yes. I just want to read this statement. Jesus does not sit with the sitters, sleep with the sleepers, but rather he goes with the goers and seek with the seekers. Oh I've seen a lot of Christians like they are empowered, they are blessed, they are anointed, but they are on their bed. <laughs> God wants to tell you, he wants you to go. He wants you to go. That's what he has called us for. You know, I just want to share something from the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 20. It says like this about the disciples. And when disciples went, ev um, and, the, uh, and the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Wow, when I read this verse, I was excited. You know what? 
It was not the disciples who did the miracles. It says like this, they kept preaching. They kept witnessing what they have experienced in their life. And the word says, when they did it, God worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Amen. That means when I share about Jesus, when I share about something that happened in my life, I believe this way. The Lord will approve my witness with a miracle. Yes. Amen. How many of you believe that Jesus is still alive? Yes. He is alive. The reason, why I, the reason why I preach today is because he is alive. I am confident in my heart. He is here. I am confident in my heart. He will do something in your life. I am confident in my life that he is a miracle worker. Yeah. Let me tell you, an evangelist is an opportunist. I love that. An evangelist is an opportunity. What do you mean by that? That means an evangelist never waits for an opportunity, but he creates opportunity in every situation. If you want to know how to create opportunities, I want to welcome you to our outreach team. I'll teach you. We just go to random shops and we just go to parks and places and we just share about Jesus. I remember first time when we did the you know, outreach with the Brandon. I think some of them are here. We were in Brandon Park and there was, there was a man with three children. And we gave them popsicles and we felt like, no, he needs something more. You know, sometimes we, we walk with water, but then, then, I mean, they just don't need water. They want living water. And we, 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 we just went, there, went near him and we asked him, like, hey, why are you sitting here? He told me, brother, like my, 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 my wife is going through a surgery. She's in hospital. And because of COVID, I'm not allowed to go there. I have three kids. You know, at that park, we laid hands and we prayed. An evangelist is an opportunist. You can be an evangelist everywhere. If you are an engineer, you can be an evangelist. If you are a doctor, it's okay. If you are a nurse, it's okay. You can be an evangelist. And everybody in this house is an evangelist. So you'll be thinking, what do you mean by evangelism? Evangelism is just pointing to Jesus. Evangelism is the finger pointing to the living Jesus. Amen. What does it mean? Evangelism is nothing but you just point. Hey, brother, look at me. I am healed, okay? You know where did I receive my healing? From Jesus. This is simple. This is what God wants you to, I mean, God wants to do through you. I'll share you another story. 
I shared that, you know, God touched me when I was 16 years old and I kept walking with God. And when I was 23 years old, that was the first time that I went for an outreach. Uh, that was in India. I was in uh, Orissa. I, I don't know whether you have heard about that place. It's, it's, a, it's a place in northern part of India. And I went there and um, our pastor arranged a few meetings for me. All those meetings were in villages. So um, the first meeting, it, it happened in a city called Barhampur. And he told me, Pastor, this is not like a church meeting. It's all in the street, okay? So what they do is that they don't have carpets. So what they have is they just have this dried coconut leaves. You get me? No carpets, only dyed coconut. So they put three, four layers of coconut uh, dried leaves. And I was standing on that. I'm preaching because that's my pulpit. Okay, so, uh, you know, about 300 people came and it, it was amazing. God started moving, you know, miracles started happening. I, I'm not explaining those miracles, but at the end of the service, I saw the main pastor who came to the front to pray. And you know what, when I looked at him, he's a crippled man. He, does, he doesn't have a walking stick, but instead he got a dried, you know, a dry uh, stick with his hand. You know, he was carrying that stick and he came to the front and I saw him, I saw him praying with authority and I was really excited. So at the end of the service, I went back to him and I asked him, Pastor, I want to hear your story. I want to see, I'm so excited to see that with your crippled leg, you bring about 300 people into this place. And this is not a church, this is an open air. He began to share his testimony. Listen to me carefully. This man was a beggar. Okay, beggar means one who asks for money. Okay, we have a lot of that in India. So he was a beggar. He was a homeless guy. And one day when he was begging, he asked for money to somebody. And somebody gave him a gospel tract, a pamphlet. So um, he took that pamphlet. He looked on the sides and he put it in the bag. And in the evening time when he was under a tree, he read that pamphlet. And he felt like, he told me like this, I felt something going inside me. And I told him, that happened with me too. <laughs> I know that some of you have that story, right? When, when Jesus came inside, you could feel that, right? He told me, brother, it was just a piece of paper, but when I started reading it, I felt something happening in me. So at the end of that paper, there was an address. So he thought, okay, I'm going to visit that place. So he took the address and on Sunday, he, he went to the church and he was, that's his first time. He was a Hindu guy. He went there and it's so exciting. He felt the touch of God and it kept going like that. And two weeks, three weeks, you know, on the third week, he came to the pastor and he said, Pastor, I need baptism. And the pastor is like, man, you only have one leg. Do you really need baptism? He began to share his story. Let me make the story start. He received baptism. And he told me, after I got my baptism, I felt the fire is still burning. So he decided, I'm going to do part-time ministry. What? Part-time ministry. And I'm like, you told me that you are a beggar, right? You're doing part-time ministry? So I asked him, what do you mean by that? He told me, brother, this is how I begin. I decided one thing. I'm going to share gospel, but I don't know how to preach, but I'll just give those pamphlets. But... From morning to lunchtime, I will ask for money. I will beg. And in the evening time, I will do part-time ministry. 
So in the first couple of days, he didn't know how to preach. So all he did was he gave this paper to everyone. And he gave this paper to everyone. He just kept telling, oh, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can do that. And one day in the middle of the street, a lady came to him and asked for prayer. She was having tumor. You know what? This crippled man with that, you know, like old stick. Hallelujah. You know what he did? He laid hands and prayed. You know what happened? The tumor disappeared. Wow. In his six years of ministry, he brought, he baptized 700 people with his single leg. Church, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. If, if a man with one leg, if a man who, who, who didn't get the opportunity to go for theological studies, who didn't have that background, who was a homeless guy, who was a beggar, if he could bring 700 souls to the kingdom of God, how much more you can do for the kingdom of God? You know, sometimes we have this attitude, we kept telling Jesus, I mean, God, God, I'm not worthy enough, you know. I, I, I'm not worthy enough. You know, if you look at my life, I'm not good to do that. Put it, but today God wants to tell you, you can do that. God does not need complaining Christians, but he looks for contagious Christians. You know, sometimes in our life, we are so complaining. We are like, God, I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with my marriage. I'm not happy with this. You know, every time when we come to God's presence, we have something to complain. But today, when you leave this house, I want to tell you, God doesn't want you to be a complaining Christian, but he wants you to be a contagious Christian. And what do you mean by being contagious? The word contagious, you all know that because we live in this time, you know. Contagious means spread. You know, that which can be spread from one person to another. I wrote in my diary like this. For you to become contagious, you have to become infected, right? You all know that. <laughs> to be contagious, you have to be infected. Be infected with Christ. When you are infected with Christ, when Christ is in you, nothing in this world can touch you. Amen. God wants contagious Christians. I just want to explain two verses and I'm going to pray for you. You know, in the book of Mark chapter 12, uh, chapter 5, verse 12 and 16, I'm just going to share that. We see in the first century church, God began to use the disciples and we, we know about Paul and, I mean, Peter and all those disciples. They were not educated people. They don't know nothing about the Old Testament prophecies or they don't know much about it. But the Bible says through their hands, that's what it is written in, the, in, in, in verse 12. Through the hands of apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Wow. Through the hands, what happened? Miracles started happening. And in the same verse, in, in verse 16, it says, through the shadow of Peter. Hey, what do you mean by that? Shadow? Do you think that shadow has something in it? It is not live, right? 
Shadow has nothing. But the Bible says the shadow of Peter could heal people. You know why? It was not the shadow of Peter. It was the shadow of Holy Spirit. Amen. When the Holy Spirit takes over you, he takes you completely. Your hands can bring healing. Your presence can bring healing. When I speak about the shadow, I mean your presence. Your presence can bring healing. I will tell uh, one more story that happened in my life. This is so exciting. We were ministering in a Middle East country. I'm not going to uh, you know, give the uh, place, but we were ministering in a Middle East country. And I was sharing my encounter with Jesus. And there was an eight-year-old girl. She was very much excited. And uh, I was sharing the word. She didn't get many of it. You know, all she, came, I mean, all she got was that Pastor Thomas, you know, he met Jesus. And if I pray, I can meet Jesus. So she went back and she started praying. Her prayer was so simple. She said, Jesus, I want to meet you. So the next day, she and her dad were sitting together and they were praying. And, you know, sometimes when we sit for prayer, that's the time we feel like drinking coffee, right? Drinking water. So he was disturbed. So when they were both uh, praying, the girl sat there and the dad went to get some coffee. So by the time the dad came back, he, he, when, she, when he looked at his daughter the, daughter, the daughter was so excited. She was jumping and praising. And he was like, what happened to you? She said, I saw Jesus. He's like, hey, no. I'm a Christian for 16 years. I didn't meet Jesus. You are just eight years old. She said, I met Jesus. So he looked at her and she and she showed her hands. You know, this girl, eight-year-old girl, she had a tumor on her right hand. And the father knew very well about the tumor. You know what happened? During the encounter, Jesus touched this girl. She was healed instantly. Can you imagine that? Nobody touched her. No, nobody laid hands but the presence of God. Through a living testimony, if God could do that in the life of an eight-year-old girl, let me tell you today, God can do with your testimonies. All we need to do is be an obedient servant. Do what he has called you to do. Can we all stand in the presence of the Lord? I know... We all have a lot of troubles and problems in our life. But I believe something. Jesus, the hope of glory, is in us. Amen? How many of you believe that? I heard the story of Reynard Bonke when he was a teenager. Somebody went and asked, I mean, his father asked him, Reynard, what is your plan for the future? What do you want to be, you know? And he kept saying, I don't know. And his dad kept asking him. And the third time, this is what I read from his writing. He said something like this. He said, Holy Spirit just spoke through him. And he said like this. He said, I want to be an evangelist. Hear the next word. I want to use my mortal hands to build the eternal kingdom of God. 
I want to use my mortal lips to preach the eternal gospel. Isn't it amazing? Your mortal hands can be used by God to build the eternal kingdom. Today, before you leave this place, God wants to touch you.